Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. This is me, D.D. Denslow, on a Sunday episode of Digging Deeper. Uh, yes, I will be here for the next two hours, uh, not just on the airwaves, but we are now also on uh, live video on YouTube, on Rumble, on Odyssey, uh, on Twitter broadcast live. We are now everywhere. And also you can watch the video on the tntradio.live website. So please uh, log in, have a look. Go and join in the live chat, which I will be checking uh, throughout uh, my conversation uh, over the next two hours uh, and help our, 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 our station grow. Uh, so what have I got coming up today? Uh, first up, uh, I've got Daniel Miller. Uh, those of you that were listening last week uh, will remember that I was talking to Graham Moore, who had just come back uh, all the way from Texas in the US of A uh, to discuss uh, Texit and to talk about uh, the, the, the English uh, constitution. And today uh, I followed up on that conversation and I will be joined by Daniel Miller. He is the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, uh, Texit, uh, the largest organization organization promoter in Texas independence and he is also uh, the author of the Texit book uh, so he'll be coming and joining me in just a few minutes and then at 1 p.m uh, I've got Dick Dellingpole uh, uh, younger or is he older brother of James Dellingpole he is a libertarian uh, an artist a skeptic a brother a Christian uh, and a third Wednesday and a Thursday circle founder which I have no idea what that means but we will uh, uh, find out when Dick joins me in, in about an hour's time um oh, i was gonna i was gonna say well, what, what's going on in the news and i remember went for my walk before i come on the air uh, and i was reminiscing about 2016 oh those heady days uh, when we used to just worry about you know whether we was leaving the eu or not uh, and i listened to uh, neil oliver's latest uh, monologue uh, yesterday evening in which he discussed was the pandemic a punishment for us upstarts in the public who voted against globalist wishes and decided that we wanted to leave the EU and voted for Brexit. And in that same year, then went and voted for Trump. And to be fair, since 2015, 2016, the world has never really been the same. And now uh, we see that our brothers and sisters uh, in the USA uh, are actually discussing states like Texas, the big one of the biggest, if not the biggest state uh, in the USA, uh, are uh, discussing and thinking about having a referendum in seceding from the USA. And if that's the case, uh, could it uh, uh, ferment? Uh, and uh, be uh, 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 the first state of many states uh, to leave the USA? And could we see the breakup uh, of uh, the world's only superpower or the world's only superpower at the moment? So uh, I will be discussing that with Daniel uh, in just a few moments. Uh, but if you have any suggestions for a possible guest or a host that you would like to hear or now see on TNT Radio, or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss, then we want to hear from you. Simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT Radio uh, website, tntradio.live. Come and join in the live chat. Uh, go and uh, look and check out some of our merch. But whatever you do, please help us.
help us make a difference uh, here on TNT Radio. Uh, Daniel, how are you, my friend? Uh, I hope you can uh, hear uh, me and see me loud and clear. Uh, please, could you introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell us what you're all about? Sure thing. Uh, I'm Daniel Miller. I'm president of an organization called the Texas Nationalist Movement, whose mission is the political, cultural, and economic independence of Texas. Uh, we've been around since 2005, but personally, I've been working for independence since 1996. Uh, since we were founded, we've grown to become the single largest political advocacy organization in Texas, uh, only surpassed by the two major political parties, although we are not a political party. Uh, and, you know, we've grown the uh, support for Texas from polling in single digits to uh, the last uh, poll that came out showed that two thirds of Texans would vote yes if Texas were on the ballot tomorrow. So uh, we're on the cusp of victory. And that means that I am one day closer to uh, getting to go on holiday. <laughs> one day getting closer to going on holiday. So you think that, uh, or you, your polling has suggested that two thirds of Americans in Texas would vote to, to leave the USA, correct? Yeah, it's, you know, the, the polling has always been interesting uh, because when we founded the organization in 2005, just like I said, uh, support was polling in single digits. But, you know, we suspect that it's always been higher than that. Now, good news is, even though we're polling in single digits, we've always polled uh, higher than the approval rating of the United States Congress which typically polls right above or below leprosy, right? So um, generally behind leprosy, if we're being honest. But, you know, we always suspected when, when we founded it that, that the support was there. But much like what happened with, uh, you know, people during the Brexit debates, there was a lot of demonization, uh, a lot of just sort of taking out that hope. And so what we found was as we began to go out there and engage in real political advocacy on the on the issue, uh, unashamed, unafraid, uh, what we found was that indeed there were people out there that wanted it. So you go to 2014, uh, right around the time of the Scottish independence referendum, there was a, a big Reuters-Ipsos poll where they started polling in a bunch of different states. And, and what we found was that for the first time, we were polling uh, in a majority of Republican voters uh, 54%. And, and for those who don't know, the Republican Party is the majority party here in Texas. Um, but what was really, I, I think, more shocking was that we were at 48% of independents and about uh, 15 or 20% of Democrats. I mean, it was it was pretty high. Um, then you you fast forward to last summer where Survey USA did a poll. They've been rated the most accurate political pollster in the United States. They did a, a poll uh, state by state. They did, I think they did a total of like eight or nine states, Texas being one of them. And what they found was that 60% of voters overall and 66% of likely voters would vote yes if Texas was on the ballot tomorrow. And that includes, uh, you know, large supermajority of Republicans, a majority of Democrat voters, and a majority of independents. So we feel confident in saying that if Texas were to go on the ballot tomorrow, it would win, and it wouldn't just win by a little, it would win by a lot. 
um, is Texas the only state that uh, has these um, uh, has this sort of mission at the moment to to investigate and maybe potentially implement uh, a referendum on leaving the USA? Is it just Texas, or are there other red states? I'll make sure I've got the color right. Red uh, red states <laughs> like well, we have it the other way around here in the UK. We are conservatives are blue, and in the USA, conservatives are red. So I, I've got to double check. Are, are there other states interested in this uh, mission? Yeah, you know, I, I think for a lot of folks, they may see this as, as a fairly new phenomena. But, you know, people uh, don't generally realize Alaska uh, has ha- had an official political party, the Alaskan Independence Party, since the 1980s. Uh, you know, you go to Vermont, you know, what people see as a small uh, as a small state, uh, had an independence movement spin up in the 1990s. Uh, you've got, obviously, California with CalExit. You've got New Hampshire. Uh, with their NH exit, uh, and and they actually had legislation filed uh, in their last session, debated on the floor of their House of Representatives, and actually they have refiled similar legislation in this session, which actually calls for uh, New Hampshire to exit the union if the federal debt hits uh, $40 trillion. So, you know, Texas is not the you know only state. We probably have the, the greatest level of support uh, but there are other states that are working this just as hard and just as diligently as we are. Um, so you have an intention, what, to, to go to a referendum in Texas to give the public uh, the opportunity to vote. Uh, you've done some polling that suggests that two-thirds of Texans would vote for uh, to, to leave uh, the USA. Is there uh, when or and if when will that happen? When will the referendum, when will Texans get to vote on that? Yeah, would look, it be allowed? Is, would it be allowed? Well, and, and I mean, I think ultimately that's the question, right? One of the things that, that we are really keen on telling people is that this is not a, a mother may I proposition, right? The only people who have a say in this are really the people of Texas. And it comes down to Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution, which reserves to the people as an inalienable right, the right to reform, alter, or abolish our government in such manner as we may think expedient, right? So it's ultimately up to up to Texas to make that decision. Now, uh, what, what that timeline looks like is really a function of how our government works here in Texas. We have a true part-time legislature. They meet for 140 days every other year. Right. So we are kind of stuck in that that cycle. So the next time that that you are likely to see the actual legislation, uh, you know, empowering a true binding vote on this issue would be in the 2025 legislative session. But prior to that, uh, we do have some some projects, some campaigns that we're working on, including one right now that is a, a petition campaign that would effectively put the same Texas question we want to ask all the voters on the Republican Party's primary ballot in March of 2024. And I feel very confident to say that probably within the next three to four days, uh, we'll be announcing that we've crossed the threshold to force it onto the ballot. Has anything like this actually happened in the United States history in the past? You know, I've got some information here uh, in front of me that says that did Texas try to leave uh the united states back uh, is it in the 1800s uh, or did right. they successfully leave in the past and rejoin 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm sure probably what you're reading is something about the the Civil War, ultimately, yep. where several states made the, you know, they made the decision to withdraw from the Union. We know that that ended in a, a, a bloody civil war and those states being forced being forced back into the Union. My my response to that, uh, to people who love to throw that out there so cavalierly, uh, is that this is not the 19th century. This is the 21st century. You know, since the end of World War II, we've seen the the creation of about 140 self-governing independent nations around the world. Uh, you know, so we there has been over the last 75 to 80 years this explosion of self-governing independent nation states, and and so while you know maybe what happened in the 1860s was a 19th century response to that issue, that's not the times that we live in. When I when I woke up this morning. Uh, my my calendar said it was 2023, not 1861. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, how big is Texas in terms of its uh, economy uh, within the USA? And um, you know, just some quick, just sort of a quick understanding of uh, Texas position amongst the 51 states in the USA uh, with regards to things like immigration, which I'm sure we're going to touch on after the break. Uh, yeah. uh, it's uh, uh, economic uh, position, uh, culturally. Where, where is it? in? The, uh, and, uh, would it really impact the USA as a whole if it left? And could Texas stand alone as uh, an independent state? Uh, yeah, you know, when you when you look at the, the question of, of whether or not a, a state or a people could be a self-governing independent nation, the, the question is not one of just absolute survivability. It's it's about viability. Is it viable? And when you look at Texas, which has become the new Silicon Valley, right? Which is you know we have more Fortune 500 companies headquartered here than any other state. We have the eighth largest economy in the entire world. Uh, you remove the federal government from that equation, and we probably become the fourth or fifth largest in the world. Uh, you know the the question is really if if Texas can't make it, then who can? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we were told here in the UK that there was absolutely no way that the UK uh, could survive outside of the e European Union. Uh, and, and we never really got the opportunity uh, to find out because Boris Johnson, uh, the great saviour of Great Britain, was going to be the next Churchill, even wrote books about it. Once he got in power, uh, we had the pandemic hit us within a month of his election result. And we never had the opportunity uh, to really realise our potential outside of the EU. Uh, we are effectively, we're crushed as a nation. And as Neil Oliver, uh, uh, a commentator here in the UK, uh, suggested last night, you know, it, it, is quite, it seems quite obvious that Brexit may well have uh, been punished uh, with the pandemic as with uh, Trump's election of the same year in 2016. And uh, we were just having a quick chat before we went live on air. Uh, and you said that Nissan now says uh, that Brexit has not harmed harmed it, its business intentions here in the UK anyway at all. Uh, and yet I haven't heard that here in the UK. Do you think uh, something similar very quickly, uh, about to go to a break, uh, Daniel, could happen if Texas left the USA with the rest of the USA try and punish you for leaving? Well, look, it's entirely possible. But, you know, when you realize the economic engine that Texas is, it's much better that we part on friendly terms than on adversarial terms, especially economically. Uh, you know, what, what might be a minor pain for us would be absolutely terminal 
for the United States economy. I mean, let's let's be honest, they're already teetering on the precipice. They can't find the off switch on the printing press for money, and inflation uh-huh. is driving uh, people further and, and further into poverty. So um, really and truly, Texas is about the only way that uh, that Texas the Texas economy is going to survive. And frankly, other states ought to be looking at what we're doing here for our independence and, and having the same conversation. Uh, they, they probably are more on the on the quiet and the American uh, uh, debt is likely to hit that 40 trillion threshold that uh, was it New Hampshire had stated would be a trigger for them to leave. That's likely to happen to, I don't know, 2030. Uh, that's quite likely to hit that 40 trillion uh, threshold. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with regards to that. We're now going to uh, a break, Daniel. Uh, and when we come back, I want to focus on why do you want to leave the United States? Uh, is it immigration? Is it for economic reasons? Is it cultural reasons? Is it because you're ruled over by some really, really crazy people who seem hell-bent and, uh, and determined uh, to destroy the United States and the rest of the West at the same time? So uh, please stay right with us here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I'm a native New Yorker. I've lived here most of my life. I love the energy. I love all the cultural opportunities. I love just the street scene, but not anymore. New York, to use Donald Trump's famous phrase, is now a shithole. Warren Wilhelm, Bill de Blasio, and Eric Adams destroying the legacy in, in just a few short years of Rudy Giuliani and Bloomberg. We had low crime, we had booming tourism, we had booming business. Even with the 9-11 terrorist attacks, business in New York, it rebounded, it was booming. We've got beautiful, gleaming new apartment buildings. It breaks my heart to see what has been done to my native state, whose motto, Excelsior, means ever upward. But these last 20 years, unfortunately, they've been ever downward again not by accident, all by design. And what's the root of the problem? The root of the problem is our crooked elections. The Timothy Shea Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. 
Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to TNT Radio. We are live. We are on YouTube. We are on Rumble. We are on Odyssey. We are live on Twitter. So please come and check us out uh, and help uh, TNT grow. And to everybody in the live chat, uh, great to see you there. Uh, I, I haven't got time to name everybody, but a couple of good questions that have come in for you, uh, Daniel. Uh, Independent Texas sounds like a good idea to me. Bit of a big border though. Uh, how easy would that be to protect? So that's the first decent comment and, and reasonable one. And this one from Red, uh, uh, would Texas need its own uh, currency? Would it need its own gold back interest-free money via a state owned bank? Uh, so there's two questions for you before we get into the, the reasons why you want to, uh, uh, Texas wants to leave the USA. Money, and immigration the border yeah well let's uh, let's take the the second one first because that'll be the quickest one to move off the table does texas need a currency to become independent it doesn't need one but texans will want one because you never want your economic independence tied to uh some other some other entity i mean you you want one and that's just the bottom line and so that's where Texas will be. And Texas has actually made some moves, even as a state, that direction. Uh, several years ago, the TNM got behind a piece of legislation that was passed that es- essentially established a gold depository, like f- they, they always call it the Texas Fort Knox. Uh, and, and Texas has, even right now, a couple of what are classified as sovereign wealth funds. So uh, we're we're pretty much kind of at that at, at that little gap. It wouldn't take much for us to actually float our own currency. And the moment that we do that and detach from, you know, federal uh, inflationary policies, uh, that will probably create a scenario where Texas at least jumps up to the the seventh largest economy in the world. Um, To your point about the the border, Texas has uh, 1,254 miles of border that we share with Mexico. That doesn't Mm -hmm. include the border that we share with other U.S. states. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the big concern obviously right now is the border with Mexico. Uh, the federal government has been an abject failure, uh, in regard to defending that border, protecting that border, and they've done everything they can to hamper Texas from securing our own border. Uh, just to give you an idea of, of the crisis, you know, I, I, I responded to, uh, Henry Bolton, uh, and Richard Tice. Uh, on Twitter just the other day, every time they post the immigration figures coming over on the rubber dinghies, and, and I, I tell them that those numbers are rookie numbers uh, because every single solitary month, we have more illegal immigrants crossing across the Texas-Mexico border than the number of allied troops that landed on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. Um, you know, the, 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 we are talking about massive massive influxes of illegal immigrants. And it's all being facilitated by the federal government utilizing uh, taxpayer funds. Uh, so much so that this cri- that this crisis has developed. Uh, you've got border sheriffs and even the head of the B- federal border patrol saying that the, the Rio Grande River, the river that separates Texas and Mexico, that whole sector is under the operational control of those narco-terrorist drug cartels. So, you know, we're we're in a situation here where 
the the number one concern for Texas voters for about 20 years now combined are the border and immigration. Texans want a secure border. We want a sensible immigration policy. Uh, the federal government can deliver neither, and it's to the point now where uh, Texas is in an existential crisis. If we do not act to become a self-governing independent nation, uh, then we will never be able to secure our border, and we are a generation away from from losing Texas. How how serious is? And I, I, I know you've just said this. Uh, my understanding that uh, into Texas, or at least across the southern border in the USA, there is what approximately two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, crossings or, or, or uh, 250,000 people uh, coming in as illegal immigrants across the southern border. Are they all coming in to Texas? That's about the same sort of population every month of my city, Plymouth, quite a famous Plymouth mm. uh, uh, for, for American concerns, because this is where uh, um, uh, the, the Mayflower left uh, for the USA originally back in the 1600s. Uh, but we have you have a population the size of my city entering yeah. texas every month how are you coping with like those numbers well Just not well i mean uh, you know look it's th those figures especially spurred by the cartels you know the drug cartels are engaged not just in in trafficking drugs they're engaged in human and sex trafficking as well uh it, it's propelled texas to become the number one state for human and sex trafficking i mean they're um, the, 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 the stories from the border are horrific. I mean, there's just no, no way. I mean, they're, they're, I, I can't recount some of the most horrific ones here, uh, for people to listen to, but I would just encourage them to get out there and, and search on the internet and, and you will see these stories. Um, we have someone who operates as a, as a spokesperson for our organization whose son was killed by a three time deported illegal alien. Um, the, the federal government, and, and just so the listeners understand, um, how this situation works is they are flooding into the southern border for the purpose of actually being caught by the federal government. The federal government takes them, processes them, gives them an asylum claim, uh, gives them money, taxpayer money, mm -hmm. and then essentially turns them loose with no good mechanism to keep track of them. So uh, once they're here, they're here. And, and even the ones that are interdicted are not immediately deported back to where they come from. Uh, and their asylum claims are primarily bogus. You know, look, I, I understand the need for an asylum policy, uh, you know, when you have these war-torn regions, but the country of first refuge, uh, you know, you can't tell me that people from, uh, that are escaping Iran or Syria or China or North Korea that this is that that Texas or the United States is the country of first refuge, uh, but yet they are flooding across. And so what we've got is we've got a national security issue, a public safety issue, a public health issue, uh, and frankly, Texas is groaning under the weight to the tune of about twelve billion dollars that Texas taxpayers are shelling out on top of the mm -hmm. federal taxes that are going to uh, fund this funnel. Uh, of uh, this flood, this invasion uh, across our southern border. So Texans are going to have to act. And, and the only way that we will ever control our border to secure our border and have a sensible immigration policy is to do what 200 other uh, places around the world have done, and that has become a self-governing independent nation. I'm going to ask you this, the, the $64,000, I think it's inflation, $1 million uh, question <laughs> is, 
why because it's not just i mean everything i'm hearing you just say are exactly the same arguments that are being presented here in the uk you know oh this is not that these people are economic migrants uh, we're not to coin a donald trump uh, uh, phrase they are not sending their best i'm pretty sure france are going Right, we've got all these illegal immigrants. Let's find all the criminals. Let's find the ones that have been in and out of prison and let's stick them on dinghies and send them over to the UK. Uh, and I'm sure there's probably similar attitudes from the South American countries who have got all these people that they want to get rid of. We're going to send them to the USA. Why are, is your country allowing them in? What we're seeing is across, across Europe, across the UK, uh, USA, across the West, uh, Canada too. Uh, why? Why are we allowing all these people, all these economic migrants into our country? Well, and I think that's the good question. And you say we as though the people are really, really have a say in this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that this much like, you know, like Brexit did in the UK, like Texas is doing here. Um, I, I think that this is exposing the real divide. You know, they there, the media tells us to divide ourselves by by race, by economic class, by you know partisan politics, but but the real fight here is the people versus the well-established uh, permanent political class. You know those people that would be our tyrants and overseers, uh, and and that is w- what I think we have here. You know if uh, you go back to something I said a moment ago, because I'll, I'll just put it in the Texas context. For 20 years, uh, there has been polling almost every quarter of the top concerns for Texas voters. And when you take the border and immigration and combine them, though that is the number one concern of Texas voters. But yet what we see consistency, consistently is a divergence between what the people want and the policies that are delivered by the federal government. And when the state government here tries to step in and do something, it is foiled either by the federal courts or by weak-willed politicians that won't go belly to belly with the federal government and say no more. You are not going to destabilize us. And so I, I don't understand what the end game ultimately is, uh, but I do know that it has a destabilizing influence here. Uh, it, it creates this massive strain on infrastructure. Our uh, our law enforcement is overwhelmed in the border region. Uh, it is overwhelming education. It's overwhelming health care. It has created these havens for human trafficking and sex trafficking. Uh, it has presented itself as a massive national security crisis in an age where we are beginning to see the threat of terror ramp up again. So, um, you know, it, it's at a breaking point. And, and ultimately, what it will serve to do is it will serve to drive the people of Texas toward Texas, which we already know we're at a super majority, but if they keep it up, I mean, you know, what are we going to be knocking on when we come to the vote? Are we going to be at 80%, 90% support? Uh, you know, who, who knows what that's going to do? I just know that all of this pushes us inevitably toward a date with destiny where Texas becomes the newest self-governing independent nation on the planet. Interesting. Uh, and we had a quick chat, you know, again, before before we went live with what happened in 2016 with the Brexit vote. And we had, you know, all the to in and fro and will it happen? Will it will not happen? Boris Johnson got in power here in the UK. Uh, we then got 
hit with the pandemic conveniently a month later uh, prior to that immigration into the uk was probably illegally uh, through dover on boats about ten thousand a year uh, that has now ramped up considerably in fact since the brexit vote i saw a figure of something you know four thousand odd percent increase in illegal immigration again referring i'm referring to is was it a punishment could you see something like that happening um in texas you have a referendum say five years time you decide to leave uh the union uh and and then you find that there are other states decide to unload their unwanted people into your uh your new independent state uh will you be punished like that I mean, look, the, you could you could run what any what if scenario you want. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Texas has to make the decision that's best for us. And, you know, we we can think about the future, uh, you know, just to quote a quote, an American footballer here. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Right. Um, you can what if this thing to death and and talk about every potential disaster scenario. But at the end of the day. Uh, independence gives us an opportunity to fix these things, to to uh, to actually rise against any of those sorts of challenges. Staying inside the federal system, we have no opportunity to address those things whatsoever. You know, it's been proven to us time and time again that if 100% of Texans agreed on a policy, that that policy could be overturned at the stroke of a pen by some unelected, unaccountable federal judge or one of the two and a half million unelected federal bureaucrats. Uh, the only way that we are ever going to get control over our own future is to shuck that 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations mm -hmm. and become a self-governing independent nation, period. Would there be, you've got an election coming up, it coincides almost within a month of the, the British election. We've got an election also next year in 2024. Uh, I suspect that the, the timing of those elections uh, might, that they coincide so closely with each other, might be deliberate. It's probably going to be a very eventful uh, and an exciting year next year in 2024. Let's just say uh, Donald Trump uh, wins the election. He's the favourite. Uh, I'm sure that the media class uh, in America want him to win, yeah, because it gives them something to talk about. And it seems like every tactic that the Democrats employ only, you know, the prosecutions and the charges that they levy at him only seems to increase his popularity. Let's just say Trump wins in 2024. He, he decides to... Uh, uh, end uh, the illegal immigration as we know it into the USA. He turns around the economic fortunes of the country. He withdraws from a load of war wars. Would you then reconsider withdrawing your uh, the Texas or, or going ahead with Texit uh, in the USA? No, uh, absolutely not. And, and here's why. Um, you know, people predicted our demise when Trump got elected and we grew. And and here's the rationale. Here's here's the reason. And, and I'm going to help explain this to everyone outside of the United States. The election of the president does not dictate the fortunes of the federal government. You know, you get as a as a voter here on the federal level um, in a state, you get to vote for your two senators. You get to vote for one congressman out of however many you have, and you get one vote for president. But the people you never get to vote for are the two and a half million 
bureaucrats that run the federal government. Uh, and, and in addition, it's just it's a simple math equation, right? Uh, at the end of the day, the president has to have the support of the Supreme Court, has to have the support of Congress, and and Texans don't get to elect those people. People in other states get to elect those folks, uh, not the Supreme Court, obviously. And and Trump did make some decent Supreme Court picks, but at the end of the day, in the four years that Donald Trump was president, uh, the you know it, how long did it take for the Biden administration to reverse anything that he did? Uh, I mean, it, it was almost instantaneous yep. uh, at yep. the point that it was done. So you, you've got the federal system is terminally broken. Uh, I mean, and we say it's broken as though it's not working as intended. It's broken for people like us. But for the permanent political class, it's working just fine. It works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to continue to centralize power in the bureaucrat permanent political class in Washington, D.C., and encroach on every facet of our lives. So it's working uh, as well as it can for them, but it doesn't work for the rest of us, for the people. And that's why Texas is ultimately the canary in the coal mine. If mm -hmm. Texas, when Texans vote to leave, other states will begin to ask themselves the same question, which is if we were currently a self-governing independent nation, we had control over our own border and immigration policy. We had control over our own currency and taxation policy and economic regulations. We had control over our own foreign policy, our own military, our own defense policy. Uh, we had everything that you know 200 other self-governing independent nations around the world have. And instead of talking about leaving, we were having a conversation about whether or not we wanted to join the union. Knowing everything we know about the federal government today, would we give up that control and vote to join? That's the conversation that will be had, and increasingly what you will see is states like Texas answering that question with absolutely not. And then they will say, if we wouldn't vote to join, then why would we ever tolerate staying one moment longer than we had to? It was a very similar uh, argument uh, and preface that was used here in the UK. We would never join uh, the EU now, even though there are elements in our country who probably, probably after the 2024 election here in the UK, will do everything they can uh, to, to put us on a path back into the EU, even though there are other countries now who are looking at the UK post-pandemic and probably thinking it's time that we uh, leave the EU too. Uh, we're going to a quick break now uh daniel and then when we come back i want to uh, pick your brains and find out what has actually gone wrong in the usa uh, why uh why have you got some what i can only describe as woke crazies uh running your country uh, and i see that culturally and economically the usa almost certainly does seem to be on the decline you've only got to look at the streets of Chicago or San Francisco, or at least the imagery that I see on my computer screen to think, wow, uh, the USA used to be sort of the pipe dream for every country, uh, and it seems to be going downhill. So I want to uh, ask you about that uh, when we come back here after the break on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. With Joe Biden behind in just about every presidential poll, the strategy of the left seems to be to go after Donald Trump even harder than they've been doing for the past eight years, if that's even possible. And on the media side, Joe Scarborough, whose brother-in-law works in the Biden administration, seems to be leading the charge. He will do 
he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Just look at his past. And as unhinged as that was, it's nothing compared to what New York Democrat Congressman Dan Golden said the other day. It is just uh, uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be uh, he has to be eliminated. Now, after receiving some well-deserved criticism, Goldman apologized, said he didn't mean to use that word, eliminated, etc., etc. This is all the left has left. So watch for more of the same. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday to Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Instead of a shovel and pick to dig deeper, Darren Denslow has his iMac G3 and rusty magnifying glass so he can dig deeper for the real story. This is Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to TNT. This is me, D.D. Denslow. I'm here for the next 15 minutes uh, talking uh, to Daniel Miller. I see there's uh, a lot of people uh, in the live chat uh, saying, yeah, everything that I'm listening to Daniel say is exactly the same conversations and arguments and characters and issues uh, that we have here in the UK. Uh, and I was just before we went to the break, I was sort of uh, pouring a bit of scorn onto the USA and I didn't mean it like that. Here in the UK, we have seen our cities degrade. They got grayer and colder. There's more crime. Uh, we've got the immigration problem. Uh, are we on a, uh, our economy is on the slide. There is no great in Great Britain anymore. And yet when I put it on my Twitter feeds and I have a look at some of the stuff coming out of the USA, we've got the decrepit Biden and his administration who seem to be completely uh, lost their moorings to reality. Uh, they don't even understand the you know difference between sex and gender and, and, and they're into this rainbow stuff. And then I see some of the imagery coming out of places like San Francisco with the fentanyl crisis. And it makes me wonder, you know, what has happened to the West for this quite a dramatic and sudden decline. You know, you could say, oh, this has been going on for decades, but actually um, uh, a lot of the, the worst of it has happened in the last sort of five to 10 years. Why? Yeah, uh, look, I, I think uh, I think what you're witnessing is the last gasp of globalism. 
Um, and, and I think the only the only rationale, the only way, the only mechanism that globalism has to survive this is to intentionally implode, uh, you know, the Western countries. You know, the, let, let's be honest. I mean, when it comes to uh, being purveyors of, of freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all of those things, they, they came from our countries, right? I mean, um, you know, you, you look, I, I can, you know, I'm not, and I'm not even going to pretend to, to talk about everyone else. I'll just talk about Texas. When uh-huh. you look at the reason that Texas left Mexico uh, during the Texas Revolution, uh, it was because the Constitution had been overturned. Uh, and the Constitution that that guaranteed the rights of those Texas colonists uh, in the state that they were in, and, and the centralization of power in Mexico City, uh, that was the ultimate rationale for people to to in Texas take up arms and say no no more, you know we're going to sue for our independence and and we're going to be an independent nation. You're not going to be allowed to come in uh, and and strip our rights away, and that that's a tradition that goes all the way back to where you are right now. Uh, and, and so to to make the globalist dream come true, and, and, and again, I, I believe that they're firmly rocked back on their heels, uh, to, to salvage that globalist dream, the only way that they can do that is, is really collapse out these, these countries that believe in the unalienable rights of man. You know that 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 hold fast to truth and reality and, and debate and disagreeing without being disagreeable and you know all of those things that we think of as as our you know I, the the thing that has really liberated the globe. Um, that's the only the only thing they can do. So when we talk about these fights that we're in being existential, it is indeed true. Uh, we have to do everything we can to win this battle because the alternative is uh, that our children, our grandchildren will not know freedom as we have known freedom. Uh, and that's frankly just unacceptable. And quite terrifying to see these changes, these restrictions on our rights, uh, the attack on the American Constitution and the First Amendment, for example, something that was always as solid uh, as the Plymouth Rock is, um, uh, to see that attack on that, it is quite, it's quite, it's quite something to behold. And we see it here in the UK uh, with the censorship laws uh, in Ireland now. Uh, I don't know if you uh, witnessed uh, that there was some trouble in Ireland this weekend after a stabbing uh, or a multiple stabbing at a, a, a children's school uh, by an illegal immigrant and the the whole far right narrative. And immediately uh, the the, go- the governing um, uh, the, the prime minister uh, of Ireland. Um, uh, it was called Varadkar, Leo Varadkar, was immediately trying to put in place legislation uh, to put restrictions on hate speech and 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 and, and, and hate protests, etc. When actually they were responding to uh, um, stabbings. Uh, do do you think that this uh, implosion, as you described it, in the West, you think that is that from within? You talked about the globalists. Or is it an attack externally, maybe from uh, our enemies, if you want to call them that, in the East, Russia, China? Do you think that this is something that they are instigating in the West as part of their multipolar ambitions, such as BRICS? Look, I, I, I will tell you that I, I, I fall on the side of this not being 
this this war not being uh, geographically based. I, I don't believe that it's uh, really policy based. Uh, I don't believe that it's religious based. I don't believe that it's racially based. I believe that the battle right now is is really of competing ideologies. Uh, that being globalism versus nationalism, uh, and and nationalism in the uh, you know in the in the true sense in the dictionary definition, not not the the one that they have tried to demonize over the years. Uh, but I, I think that's ultimately it. And, it. and it can be classified, really, when you look at globalism versus nationalism, as an entrenched political class versus the, the people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our pe- people have a hard time understanding, and I'll just put it this way. People have a hard time understanding how we are able to cooperate with people that are for independence in California or New Hampshire or uh England or Scotland or, you know, any of these different places when we cannot agree, we probably couldn't sit down in a room and agree on policy at, uh, you know, 50% to 60% on on the same things. Uh, But here's what we can agree on. Let California govern California. Let New Hampshire govern New Hampshire. Let England govern England. Let Scotland govern Scotland. Let Texas govern Texas. You know that that individual right of self-government, and it's it's the absolute nightmare for globalists because we can agree on these things, and, and in doing so, it eliminates conflict. And so the the globalists, by looking at this this true model of decentralization in this way, by letting people govern themselves according to how they want to govern themselves, uh, is is complete anathema to them because in their minds. They are the elite. They are smarter than we are. They know more than we do. And we are, they believe that we are too stupid to govern ourselves. And that's their entire model. You know, we don't know how to make money. We don't know how to spend money. We don't know how to generate wealth. We don't know how to create policies for ourselves. That's how they think. And so, you know, when, when we look at, at this battle that exists right now, uh, you know, it, it is really those globalists that are trying to keep us separated by all of these things. When ultimately, if we agree to let one another govern themselves in a manner that they see fit, we all get along just fine. Peace and commerce, you know, uh, without these entangling alliances and without bending a knee to an elite cabal who want to run every facet of our lives. That is the ultimate battle. And if, but if people gain their independence and their sovereignty, uh, these people who are in power, the political class, the elite, uh, the global parasites, whatever you wish uh, to call them, uh, they will all of a sudden no longer be in power. So you're right, there is this struggle going on. We've got these two elections that are happening next year. Many of us, including myself, think uh, voting is a waste of time. If it was going to change anything, they wouldn't let you do it. But nevertheless, it is still uh, an important um, uh, part of our democracies uh, that I use in inverted commas. How do you think the 2024 election is going to go? Uh, Will the the reality that Tucker Carlson sort of suggested uh, that these elections may not even happen. There may be something that, you know, like a pandemic or a war that might prevent these elections from happening and for Trump to win, say, in the USA. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think is going to happen in the 2024 election? And is Trump going to win? Well, look, I, I, I am I am not a prognosticator. I do not have a political crystal ball that I can look into. But here, but here's what I do know: 
Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution that I mentioned a moment ago starts with the words, all political power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. It is incumbent upon all of us as the people to exercise that political power, because what difference does it make if that political power is inherent in us and we don't utilize it? Right. So, you know, whether they, uh, you know, what the opposition is going to do, that's that's set. Whatever they're going to do is whatever they're going to do. But at the end of the day, future generations will judge us on what we do. Did we utilize our political power in such a way as to save the future? Because at the end of the day, either we write our own future or someone else is more than happy to write it for us. So what happens in 2024? is really ultimately dependent upon us. There are more of us than there are of them. And if we are more committed, if we are more passionate, uh, and, and we work harder, we will win and we will overcome what they want to do. And, and we will shatter their plan for the next 200 to 300 years. And you know what? I'm here for it. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to hit these guys with the knockout shot by restoring self-government to not just the people of Texas, but giving hope to the rest of the world that these guys can have their noses bloodied and we can knock them down to the canvas. Uh, and you are right because we are, we are winning. I think I think we see these sort of extreme uh, ex, uh, extreme changes to the way that the West is run, uh, the narratives that we see in the mainstream, which are extreme in terms of their uh, inversion uh, or the fact that they're, you know with fake news, as Donald Trump would uh, call it. We we see this everywhere in our everyday lives. Uh, you think that we are winning? Do you think that we are seeing the death throes uh, of the globalists at the moment? Yeah, look, when you get a dog in a corner, I mean, they get vicious. And and that's essentially what they've done. I mean, you know, we saw the the old Charlie 19 happen uh, with the lockdowns. Uh, and, you know, they, they tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes, uh, and they didn't. So they've given up any pretense at this point um, of, of trying to hide it and be sly about it. I mean, th think back 20 years ago when they would do shady things. They at least tried to hide it. They're mm -hmm. at a point now where the people aren't buying the lie. And because the people don't buy the lie, they're just like, okay, look, if we don't just get out there with it, uh, then we've got a chance to lose. They're not even attempting to hide it anymore. And some mm -hmm. people may say, well, that's just a sign that they're winning. No, it's not. It's not a sign right. that they're rocked back on their heels and they're flailing around like a drowning man in the middle of the ocean. And you know what? I'm ready to dunk their heads underwater. Uh, it's time for the people to take back our power. And and let's be honest, if all political power is inherent in the people, it's time to flex that muscle and take our respective countries back. And are we seeing that with the election of, very quickly, the election of Javier Millet in Argentina? We've seen uh, the recent election of a man who's literally banned from the UK uh, for his views, uh, Gert Wilders. Some say, oh, it's all a plant. Uh, these people are all part of, uh, you know, the overall sort of cabal aim. Do you think that's what we are seeing? We're seeing people saying we have had enough of the nonsense, uh, the craziness coming out of our uh, our elected uh, bodies, and they have decided to vote for uh, what could be considered wild cards, populists. Um, is that what we're seeing now? And we're going to see more of it over the coming, uh, coming months and years? Well, look, let, let's be honest. They're not wild cards. I mean, they're, they're exactly what's on the 10. 
they they came at they came at the world telling everyone exactly who they were. They've been very consistent in their positions on these things. They're not wishy-washy like typical politicians. Um, I, I think it's a sign of things to come. Uh, I think it is a sign that the political winds are in our favor. We've got the wind at our back, and it's time for us to go win. Brilliant, Daniel. Uh, you've been a great guest. Uh, someone's just said here, said that this man is on the money. I agree. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for joining me, Daniel. All the best. And for everyone else, I'm going to be back in just about 10 seconds. Uh, and Dick Delenport will be joining me. So please stay with us here on TNT. TNT.